The views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, not of Reuters News. Welcome to The Exchange. My name's Ben Kellerman, and I'm your host for this episode. We have a very interesting guest this week. His name is Marcus Ruiz Evans, and he's the president of Yes California, one of the biggest groups in a campaign to make California an independent country, or as some people call it, Colexit. One of the big reasons he thinks California is better off alone is that the nation's biggest state pays way more to the federal government than it gets in return. Trump has given the campaign a big boost, and Marcus is pretty sure that he can get the rest of the country to buy into the idea, too. We also discussed other independence movements, like the ones in Catalonia and Scotland. Anyway, have a listen. Marcus, hello. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me on. I deeply appreciate the opportunity, sir. Of course. So I wanted to start with the basics and hear about how you got into this movement and what's behind it. Uh, you know, the thing is, uh, Calexa got started in 2014 when Barack Obama was chosen as America's president. We really got a boost when America chose by popular election outside of California, Donald Trump as the president to lead them. Uh, but we've been saying the same things throughout the entire time. I encourage everybody to go to the website, Yes California on Facebook, Yes California on Twitter, and you're gonna see the same message being repeated over the last three years. It, it hasn't changed. And it basically is like this, California loses money just being part of America. A lot of people don't get that right. Uh, the Republican Party outright lied about this in Washington and said it's the opposite. So a lot of people get this confused. We pay more into the federal system than we get. In 2016, we lost a hundred billion plus dollars, a hundred billion, not million, billion, hundred billion. That's a lot of money. We lost that after we paid all our federal income taxes. That money goes to pay for grants into forms of uh, donations or uh, assistance for roads and schools and dams to about 35 other states located mostly in the South and the Midwest. This has gone on for 30 years. So when we talk to Californians and we go, hey, your heart's failing, your eyeballs hanging out of your head, and arms barely dangling on there. And then I reach into your pocket and I take out enough money to repair your body, but I give it to me so I can go buy a sports car. And whenever we tell Californians that, they are shocked, say, how come nobody told me this? And then they get really upset. And then when they hear about people say, who elected Donald Trump? Because, hey, Hillary Clinton only won the popular vote because of California. You pull out California, Trump was popularly elected. And so you tell people in California, oh, are you Latino, immigrant, Muslim, Asian, woman, LGBTQ? Do you have uh, interesting uh, different ideas? Perhaps you believe in communism. I personally don't, but I'm not going to hate people who do. Oh, did you believe in science and climate change? Well, you're all a bad person. So this is something that's been brewing since before Trump. So to what extent has Trump's election given the movement more support? Uh, in the months before America picked Donald Trump as their leader, we were growing about 1,000 people a month. We had about 10,000 members. And when we hit that 10,000 mark on Facebook, we were getting about 1,000 more. And we had about four or 500 volunteers. And we had managed to be in every single newspaper in California, TV stations in San Diego, Sacramento, LA Times, Twice, San Francisco Chronicle, every single radio, television, and newsprint in Sacramento. But, you know, we had to work really hard to get every single new member 
We wouldn't grow faster than 1,000. We were around 10,000 total, around 400 volunteers, and we couldn't get outside of California News. November, that all changed. I wanted to bring up the Reuters-Ipsos poll in January 2017. 32% of Californians support CalExit. So 32% said I'm for it, 15, uh, over 15% said I'm not sure about secession, which puts us at 47.5% of Californians are open to secession. And this, this Reuters-Ipsos poll, we did that right around the time of Trump's inauguration, right, in January. January 2017. But there was another poll by Stanford University that said that 46% were not opposed, which also backs up 47.5% in the Reuters-Ipsos poll January 2017 are not opposed. So basically, when you look at those polls, we're looking at about just about half of Californians are open to this idea. They need to be sold, but... It's there. But it's it's not just Yes California, right? I mean, you're one of a few organizations uh, yes, pushing for, for California secession. Are you guys aligned with some of these other groups? Or do you have competing visions of how this might play out? There's four independent CalExit groups. Originally, there was just Yes California. And then in November, it got, as we say, very real. And policy debates that had been in the background suddenly were thrust up to the front. Everybody wants California to be independent, uh, but the four different groups have different ideas. And yes, California's stance is, if you look at successful movements, you have to have a vote for secession. It doesn't matter what you do. If you don't have a vote where you can show majority of the population wants this, you can't go anywhere looking at precedent in international law and every successful independence attempt over the last century. That's the yes, California approach. Let's have a vote. Other people have different feels on how best to achieve this. So let's talk a bit more about the specifics of your ballot measure. So I know you're you're pushing a measure for the 2020 elections, right? It's just a vote. It's it's a very simple thing. We had looked at a bunch of ideas on modifying the tax structure so that if you voted for California independence, uh, California could start absorbing taxes that normally would go to the federal government at a government level. But we moved away from that and just said, we're going to make our initiative really simple. Do you want California to be independent? Yes or no. We thought about doing more, but we thought, you know, other people are releasing initiatives and they get really complex and wordy and people have trouble remembering it. We're going to make it so simple you can't forget it. But from there, I mean, you have to work out the specifics of how of how you would enact this, right? You talked sure. a little bit about amending the Constitution and... So my understanding, and I think this is what most people believe as well, is that assuming the ballot measure does pass in California, you eventually do need to amend the U.S. Constitution because right now there is no process for that that outlines how a state can leave the union. So you would need two-thirds of the House and Senate, three-fourths of states would have to approve it. Winning California is only half the battle. Like You still have to convince the rest of the country that this is a good deal for them. But you've, you've argued n- that, no, actually, like we don't need to amend the Constitution, right? So wh- why is that? What's the other approach? Yeah, like, what's so, the other legal pathway? Well, there's a lot of confusion on this. It's called Texas versus White. Type in Supreme Court of America, Texas versus White. That's Texas versus White. It happened after the American War between the states, Civil War, whatever you want to call it. And in that Supreme Court decision, which is the only one on secession, It says you can secede through consent of the states. It says you can't unilaterally break off 
a lot of uh, newspaper articles say the Constitution doesn't leave a path, uh, the, the American Constitution doesn't have a path for secession, so you can't do it. That's not how the Constitution works. If it doesn't ban it, that power is reserved to the states. Or for legal disputes, it goes to the Supreme Court. That's in the Constitution. The American Supreme Court only looked at secession once, Texas versus White. In Texas versus White, they say you can't just leave, but you can leave through consent of the states. Now, here's the interesting part. That's never been determined. It might be the same as an amendment with the thresholds very high, like you said. It could be potentially legally interpreted to be the voting threshold that made California part of America. You know, Congress only had to do a 51% vote for California to join America. So how do we know for a fact that Congress doesn't have to do another 51% vote to let California leave? Well, somebody would have to define what consent of the states means in terms of the Texas versus white Supreme Court decision, and nobody's done that. But it sounds like no matter what the legal options are, you still need political support for this. Yeah, yeah. From either state legislatures or Congress, like you, you have to convince people in other states and the rest of the country that this is a good deal for them. So what's your pitch to them? Well, they're pitching themselves. So Bill O'Reilly, uh, think what you will of him, I'm not a big fan, but conservatives like him. He said, hey, if you want to go, take off. John Stossel, another uh, commentator routinely on Fox News, said, if you want to leave, go. Hannity or two other Fox News commentators said, take off. Now, here's the, the thing about the way that America works. A lot of Americans don't understand this. America does not work on population. It works by states. Small states are typically conservative, Midwest and the South. They do not like California. We think we're going to get those votes because, like I said, they don't like us. And when you routinely have conservative commentators saying, I'm tired of you, California, go ahead and go. And I mean in the last couple of weeks, the last couple of months, we're sure we can get those votes. But, uh, I mean, you know, California has by far the highest GDP of any state in the U.S. It's around $2.5 trillion. That would make it the sixth largest economy in the world, just below the U.K. and just above France. Effectively, by leaving the union, you'd also be putting a $2.5 trillion hole in the economy. That seems like a pretty tough sell for any of the other states. It is. It is. And we get that question a lot. But... You know, I, I've been predicting this for years. The Republicans have made their character about low taxes and low regulation. They've been doing that for decades. That's who they are. And then here's California that has high regulation and high taxes and does better than all of their Republican states to the fact that they live off our welfare to them. I would love to see a Republican go on TV, any Republican anywhere, and say, you know how we said California's horrible? Turns out we were wrong. I Show me a Republican willing to do that, and I'll start worrying if Calexit could happen. In order to point out that California is leaving, is going to be a huge economic loss to America, they're going to have to either say that they lied to all their constituents or that they were wrong. I would love to see that. Nobody listens to facts anymore, and nor do they care, and especially conservatives. They don't care. It's whatever their ideology says. Their ideology says... California needs America. So they're going to let California go because to them, they're literally going to believe that they're saving money. Yes, I know that's insane. Welcome to America 2017. Let's talk a little bit about what happens to California if it legally secedes. 
that two and a half trillion dollar economy, which doesn't take into account things like the the high cost of living there, it seems to me that like the economic picture would change quite a bit if California, for example, didn't have free interstate commerce with the rest of the U.S. I mean, you'd also have to deal with things like maybe higher electricity prices. I mean, California imports about a quarter of a, of its electricity on average from other states. I mean, you'd have to figure out also. What do you do with with federally owned land in the state? Nearly half of the state is owned by the U.S. government. So presumably you'd have to buy half of the state back from the U.S. So currently the largest market for California is America. But I want to point out what the World Bank has said, which is that those days are coming to an end. Two-thirds of the world economy is going to be in Asia within 15 to 20 years. Uh, Goldman Sachs has said that, the World Bank, the IMF has said that. So currently you're correct, but in the very near future, America is going to be a tiny amount of the global economy, and most of the money is going to be made in Asia. Well, guess what part of the Western Hemisphere is most liked by Asian people, has the most Asian students, the most investment from every Asian country, the most tourism, and foreign heads of states visiting it? California. So we are perfectly set for the future economy. Additionally, the premise that you're talking about assumes that California and America would not trade anymore. Here's the thing. Just as it would hurt California to not trade with America, it would be devastating to America to not trade with California. People with money aren't going to allow that to happen. There's billions of dollars invested in California by Americans, billions of dollars by Californians in America. They're not going to stop trading. Uh, I believe it was a CNBC analyst looking at Catalonia who said that the stock markets weren't really riled up by Spain and Catalonia. Why? Because all the business people knew that business was going to keep going. Yeah, there was talk about corporations moving their headquarters, but businesses with billions and trillions invested in each other are not going to just give that up because of the will of the people. America can't cut California off without going into a recession worse than what it saw in 2008. That's going to mean it's going to play ball. Okay, so I, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about some of these other uh, secessionist efforts we've seen ar- around the world lately. So, I mean, Catalonia sticks out as an obvious example. Um, you had a referendum in Kurdistan in September, Scotland in 2014, and I guess you could put Brexit in the same category. And clearly the circumstances are quite different in each of these cases. But I think the lesson that we've we've learned lately is that this is really difficult to achieve. I mean, you've got the, the former leader of Catalonia, Puigdemont, wanted on rebellion charges. You know, the Kurdistan referendum certainly backfired, saw Iraqi troops moving in. What do you make of all of these other movements? Are they kind of helping inform your strategy for California? And are you in communication with them? Are they, like, lending you their support? The Catalan movement has made feelers. And I think there's been some chatting, but I wouldn't say it's more than that. The Baja Independencia, the Mexico uh, movement, same thing, feelers. Uh, There's a group called the Kaibilis, I believe, in northern Morocco or Algeria, kind of an Islamic offshoot where they... They have some different uh, tribal religious practices, so they're kind of persecuted, and they're they're very pro-Israeli, which 
you know, nobody likes in that neighborhood, I guess. Uh, we've had some feelers with them, but I wouldn't say more than that. We've also talked to the Scottish independence movement and feelers too. So, you know, people may chat, but I wouldn't say cooperation or coordination at all. Just kind of like a, hey, I see you. California doesn't have the problems that any of those places have. Our movement was based on Scotland. So if you look at Yes California, it looks like the Yes Scotland campaign because we wanted to go off that, that we're talking about peaceful legal secession. Um, we were blown away that the Scottish Independence Party, which had been around since the 1930s, went from a joke to having a full-blown vote within seven years under the leadership of Alex Salmon. Seven years from joke to it's happening. And when you look at Kurdistan and Catalonia, and Biafra and Nigeria and New Caledonia with France and uh, Greenland with Denmark, there does seem to be an interest in independence movements. However, they don't have what The Economist magazine, which is an international magazine, called the problem of perhaps the most democracy anywhere in the world. California does. California is called possibly the most democratic place on the planet. What they meant was our initiative process. So in the early 1900s, they changed the law because the railroads were basically the Donald Trump of the time. They controlled everything. So in 1911, California rewrote the law so that the public can put anything up for a vote that it wants. Doesn't matter what legislator likes it or doesn't, we can file an initiative, and if the voters approve it, it's done. They don't have that in, in uh, Iraq or Spain or a lot of these other places. There is no legal guarantee that if you want, you can have a vote. In fact, Xavier Becerra, the attorney general approved one of the resolutions for an initiative and straight up quoted Texas versus White. So we are looking, looking legally perfect compared to these other examples. Okay. Well, unfortunately, we've got to stop there. But Marcus, thank you for your time. Ben, thanks for letting me come on. And please tell your fellow Americans to let California secede. Well, as a native Californian, I have a personal stake in this, and I'm not so sure I'll be out there calling for my home state to secede anytime soon. There are a lot of unanswered questions about the economic impacts of a breakup, how it could ever happen legally, and who exactly is supporting Co-Exit. Clearly, it's an uphill battle, but if 2020 is anything like 2016, this is one movement to keep an eye on. That's all for this week. This podcast was produced by Kate Duguid, myself, and Andrew D'Antonio. If you haven't already, please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere else you satisfy your audio cravings for The Exchange, Viewsroom, and other Reuters podcasts. You can also check us out at breakingviews.com and on Twitter at breakingviews. Thanks for tuning in.